Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Des Bishop podcast, which should really change its name to the I'm Sorry podcast because too often lately I have begun my podcast by apologizing to you guys for not updating more regularly. Um, so I do apologize for that. However, I did promise that when I got to Melbourne, when I got to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, there would be some regular posts. Perhaps uh, we'll get back to my August level of uh, putting up podcasts when, uh, geez, we were doing two a week back in those days. Anyway, long story short, we begin again. Uh, regular access to comedians here at the Comedy Festival. And who better to start with than Ireland's own Dara O'Brien, one of the, the gods of Irish comedy. And uh, he's in a very good form, very happy to be back in Melbourne. First time gigging in Australia for 16 years. Uh, so I caught him at a nice time up in his beautiful hotel room at the top of the at the top of the Grand Hyatt on Collins Street in the CBD of Melbourne. And we chatted about ah, some nostalgia, some general crack. Uh, a nice honest story actually about a sort of a, a darker time in Dara's comedy career, which I didn't realize it had got that sort of dark for him right before the, the brightness of his incredible success in the UK. Uh, he had pondered uh, chucking it in, uh, which was interesting. And um, I asked him some stuff about my own desire to go back and learn maths, maths, because uh, I had a, a theory about how it might help me. Uh, I chatted to him about that and science and, ah, to be honest, Dara's uh, a great man for the chats. So there's no point in even trying to uh, give you a pricey of what went down. I'll rather just introduce the man and his wonderful wit and his great turn of phrase. And his incredible pace of speaking. Ladies and gentlemen, Darrow Breen. Yeah, so just chat away there and I'll just make sure that your levels no are... No problem. I want to open two. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a little hungover. Oh, you're hungover. Yeah, I am. And like, it just, it's foolish, really, because it wasn't like a, an epic night. I should, I should choose my night. You should more. pick it well. Yeah, and I didn't. I, w- I, I went for it because I'm back in Melbourne. And... The place, the whole point of being in Melbourne used to be because Melbourne was a not Edinburgh. It was a fun month. Yeah, it was meant to be fun. Yeah, yeah. and so you go to there's, there's a bar called the Hi-Fi Bar, and everyone there. Every and my memory is this is just my memory from 16 years ago is this, there was one bar, and we all went there every single night. We we were all there, and so I went back this one because this is still the same place. It was the Hi-Fi Bar 16 years ago. Now it's whatever it's called now, uh, but it's it's the same place. Yeah, but it's but still called the Hi-Fi to us, even to though it's called Jack Watts or something. Oh, yeah, exactly, or Max Wall or something. The uh, oh yeah, that yeah uh, and. And then I am, um, uh, but no, there's only there's about twenty people there, and I'm I'm, and I'm chasing a. It's like Ushing coming back from Chernanog. I'm chasing uh, a thing that isn't there anymore, and I should let it go. I should, I'm uh, a forty-five. I'm I'm also dead, which is exciting. Oh yeah, yeah. no, that, that that I did. Somebody sent me that this morning, uh, uh, having no idea that I was going to be chatting to you today. Uh, it's an I can't figure that out. So you. Yeah, obviously, some guy just made up a death. And well, see, well, presumably there, there, there was a bot, and then something which is one of the more interesting responses. That this is just what's interesting. This is not not your death, but how well written, sort of well written, this artificially created story was about how it died. Apart from the bits that uh, they were driving home from a showbiz, uh, <laughs> which was. <laughs> 
I didn't read it in that much detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, driving like, home from a showbiz. Uh, driving, driving home from a showbiz, uh, and the car plummeted into a ravine. A ravine on Patrick Street. On Patrick Street in Dublin, uh, and which has been used to the people of Dublin that there's a ravine. There's not even a major. It's Patrick Street's much of a Cork thing, to be honest. It's a very small street in Dublin, uh, but it's a. Uh, but it's the ravine, one of those famous ravines we have in Dublin. Underground and rivers. I was trying to think. Are they? Are they? Are they smarter than they seem? That it's one of those underground rivers that that goes into the Liffey. I, I, I don't think they've thought to it because and there's a there's a generic picture of a smashed up car that appears I in, saw that twice. yeah yeah and you're going wow and it's in, it's in a grassy area like and you're going there's no where is it well, funny because the person that sent it to me uh knew that you were over here because they knew that I was chatting to you and they were like no I told my friends it can't be him he's in Australia <laughs> they were taking it seriously he couldn't have crashed in Patrick Street last night he was in Australia it's it, but it's it's you know giving me some you know some proper time for reflection yeah I'm going is this how I want to be remembered and yeah it's fine so here we are in Melbourne Mm. The ambassador suite. It's pretty. It's pretty fancy. It's it. You know it is. It is. You know. But I'm. I'm only here. I'm on a very concentrated. So all of your, the rest of you, how you're you're working twenty seven days to basically sell the same number of tickets as I'm doing. But I'm Dude, doing listen, a burst. I, amen, brother. Like, <laughs> like I, I am. I am on your. But the only problem is I enjoy the the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not married and I don't have yeah, children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. So I, I don't have anything anchoring me down. I will, I'll really ache when I have to leave, though. I mean, like, it's, it's uh, you know, even though it'll be great because I'll be going home, I'll be via Perth, which I'm not sure about. It'll probably be very no. much quieter. Oh, yeah, but it's lovely, though. Oh, well, great. Okay, cool. Well, it might be. Uh, and it's very intense with the Irish. Yeah, we. I've already been invited to do some sort of come to some Irish society thing on one of the nights, and yeah, there's a lot of that going well, down. So I sidestepped it a little bit because I found that a bit. A bit I mean, the Irish. Here, my God, Sydney was just. Yes, I wanted to. That's what I was going to ask you about. Like, how do you over Irish people? It's it's uh, they're everywhere. They are. And all the lollipop ladies are Irish girls. Yeah, I heard that. I didn't see it, but I heard every. <laughs> that's you're the second person to say that. Yeah, but you know how I know because you probably weren't up, but uh, <laughs> because I wake up early and go for a jog when I'm in Sydney, especially. I'll be like jogging, like nobody on the street except for these lollipop ladies. And then I'll be like, oh my God, there's Bishop! <laughs> <laughs> Some kid gets hit by a car and gets a lollipop lady getting distracted, you know? Which is dirty! Yeah, I heard that a lot. Uh, the, uh, yeah, that's, that's really funny. No, Ed, the, there's a line in the show which is almost just a throw to the Irish, uh, which is uh, where I go, listen, it's great, it's great to be up here doing a short tour and doing two nights in Sydney and two nights in Melbourne. Then I've got to pick fruit for 88 days. Then I'm <laughs> yeah, going to yeah, go oh, to Perth. That. Right? And that really rings. Because there is, there's a longer version which I go, because for those who don't know, it's the law now that if you, you do your first year here, grand, but to do the second year, you have to do 88 days of working on a farm somewhere. And I know that all our people have when fate when told this have kind of leaned into whoever the australian official is and gone yeah I, I know who that's i know who that's meant for that's i know and you say immigrant i know who you mean who should be doing this <laughs> right but like you, you no, that's not us though is it that's that's not that's you know well you used to yeah. be able to pay them off you know oh was it yeah you used to be able to pay a farm like basically a farmer would take a bit of money and then write you in and you could stay but they cracked down on that because in my early wow. years of coming to australia you know, because it was real intense back in those days with the Irish. So, like, I had a lot of that stuff, you know, like all the yeah, immigration yeah. stuff. But uh, the Irish filled me in on all the tricks. That's hilarious. And going de really? facto on other people's visas. and Yeah. You know, so, like, you know, you can go de facto. No, what's this? What's this? So, de facto is like, um, if, so say, say we're in a relationship. I'm, mm. I'm a woman, you're a man. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have a visa. The only, can, the only relationship allowed in Australia. I can go woman. de facto on your visa even though we're not married. So like, okay. I'm your de facto wife. 
but it's very like common law. Like, oh yeah, so it's yeah, not but, actually a state. Yeah, but it, for visa purposes, it's hundred percent fine. They can then work. Ah, okay. But it's an amazing scenario because then the de facto person, their their time in Australia is reliant on the other person. So you can't fuck around. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a tight space to be in in a wow, relationship. That is, it's isn't like it? you better fucking do the dishes or you're going right back to fucking <laughs> you're going right back to two thousand nine Ireland. You yeah. know? Wouldn't be that such a problem is, nowadays. Wow, that is funny. They, uh, kind of, yeah. The, the place is uh, place is looking a bit of a mess at the moment actually. Mary, I can't have noticing. I, uh, <laughs> I would, if I were you I'd give that one more run around to the Hoover. So uh, are you are you finding that you're getting the other people at the shows yeah it's, it's working out because I mean it, there is um, and this is something I think you've you've had as well at times and, and, and it's, it's it's nicer when you travel to actually meet the people from the country and while we appreciate the enthusiasm of the Irish it, you sort of if, if it's all Irish then it just becomes this weird transplanted gig but uh, it's kind of been one third Australian one third British because yes I was yeah. going to say I was yeah, going to yeah. ask you do you get them as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. one third British one third Irish um, one, and one third Australian it's so it's like doing a gig in Dubai yeah it's <laughs> It's, it's one of those big expat gigs uh, to us with it, but uh, so at least I, there's some yeah able to do some stuff about Australia and and we're interesting front row people all Australian, which has oh, been good, which yeah. is good, good yeah, for yeah. you. So so anyone I've spoken to and actually defined the gig around as it were, they've all been local. You never got jammed up, did you? Like with an Australian place or just. No, it hasn't. It hasn't happened yet. I think. I think I know just about enough about it, and I haven't accidentally. Oh, Launceston, I think I got wrong. Yeah, yesterday, rather than Hobart, and some sort of some sort of mess up. But I, I went. If you're ever in Launceston, and <laughs> you know, they, I, I wrote it out. But the uh, no, they've been they've been generous about about giving uh, about giving me stuff. But it was weird. It was, it was uh, the last night. The first night in in, in was the best. You know, because Sydney was the first night was a guy who worked in IT, another guy who worked in IT, an anaesthetist, his partner. Anesthetist. Anesthetist, which is quite good. Is that common? Uh, no, very rare. And so lo- I said loads about anesthetists. Uh, and then who are you here? Oh, you're a partner. What do you do? I'm also an anesthetist. And no. you're going, I feel I've done anesthetist now. And so <laughs> and you're going, oh, God. And then the, the last woman was a uh, was one of those jobs that has eight different words in the title and no one knows what it means and they can't explain it. It's kind of, sort of a, you know, kind of a, a mid-level management uh, learning coordinator for... Uh, uh, and so towards the end, no one knew what it was. One of those kind of corporate jobs that's just is, is impossible to explain. Whereas last night, uh, first guy said, what do you do? And he said, really? And I was going, oh, God. And he said, oh, yeah. no. He said, I'm a grave digger. Oh. And he genuinely was a great, yeah. An actual, That's like. a good one. Really good one. And his wife was there, who's a debt collector. And you're going, the, you're the most emo couple I've ever met. And it was, all, it was all jokes about when they, on your first day there, do they move the pegs in closer to make the grave too small? That when you took the grave, you know, the coffin wouldn't go down. Or do they ever take the ladder out when you're all the way down? Like, it's silly. Questions things. you've always wanted to always ask. Always wanted to ask, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a job that still exists. It's yes. not like a job. You still have to dig the hole. Yeah, absolutely. And like, how often do you find a, like, a sand with the, the skull in your hand going alas poor yard the uh it was so that was fun and then you know there was a, a woman who's a i'm a media producer and but it turned out she'd she'd made a female friendly pornography so oh, that nice. was easy to talk about it's uh, on the up now well listen Hot. i can only applaud it uh it's a uh, uh and then a guy at the end who was a tour guide for a tram museum in launceston in tasmania that only has four trams 
Uh, and and he it, took one of them for the museum. <laughs> you know, they used to have 29 trams, and then now they've only got four. So how they winnow down their number of trams. And it was just the little museum that could. And, you know, she'd visit. It won't take long. Uh, you'll be there for doing it. And he's, he said, I have your favourites. And he says, well, two of them are very good. Like, <laughs> so it was just sweet. They were and that was working? Oh, All that stuff was going? Gold. It was lovely oh. for ages. And it was great. But then we got into... Uh, there's a thing I do, and people seem to do this many times. Where have you ever saved a life? And it's just a, it's an audience thing where they tell me stories. And they were, they were, it was an Irish woman who, was a, who said, "Well, I, I suppose I saved a guy who was in financial difficulty." And I'm going, "No, no, no, no. This is this is a story about somebody. You know, we don't want drowning people. Yeah, no, it's like yeah, it's like you you pulled him out of a pool is what I want to hear, not that I averted a yeah. suicide. I uh, helped him get his tracker mortgage back. Yeah, it was like that. <laughs> and I and I said, really? And she said, well, yeah. But then there's another time we went into a house and there's a dead body there. And I go, no, this is not too late. <laughs> yeah, it's just. <laughs> And then another was anyway, and some other woman talking about like essentially Munchausen's by proxy on a pet where somebody attacked their pet, and you're going, "What? You? Why are you telling me these stories? These are hideous stories." I know you want one fucking shark story. Yeah, that's all I need. All I <laughs> need. All story. I need is if somebody so said you could bang out your shark shit from sixty yeah, exactly, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Funny you should mention that. Uh, <laughs> I have a list of 16-year-old material that I that is originated here that I want to do here. Like the koala story, the which like is, you know, and, and the funny response it got in DCU from a, like a decade and a half. That the has bar killed. DCU before the hub. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, <laughs> all, all of these things that I did. The Irish people can't learn to scuba dive. That's come out based on a holiday. Oh, yeah, that was a great routine. It's a great actually. routine. And it still works. Uh, oh, so. hey. Well, that's another podcast in itself. Like, the, the fact that we leave our so many routines behind that should not be left behind. Well, essentially, I have been doing greatest hits here, which, and pa- the main reason for that is because I was worried that if I went out and did Asho, like if I went out and did Crowd Tickler, the last one, there would be a significant number of people who've either got it on DVD by this stage or seen it online or it, or it seen the edited version on some on SBS or, or something yeah, like ABC. Yeah, yeah. And then they you could you can hear the bit where it goes from off the cuff to into material that they go, oh, no, we, we know all this. And they're just, and you can see them, and it's happened a couple of times on, on these later international gigs that come later in the cycle that I did, I did Zurich in Geneva earlier in the year, not knowing that BBC, they all have BBC, because uh, it's actually one of the channels available in Switzerland, yeah, and shit. it had been on three weeks before, and I got yeah, away with Moscow it. Too, right? I did Moscow, and Moscow was weird because they'd all they'd all because they're nerds and they'd seen everything online. Did the, did the opening joke of whatever there was you, crack you did data. A switcheroo or something. I had to because somebody it didn't go work, and I presume I uncovered an, an interesting social difference that this joke didn't really run here. And I go, oh, how interesting! That's not funny. Why is that not funny to you? And a, a lovely guy raised his hand with a big smile and said, "We've seen it already. We've seen all of that." <laughs> <laughs> and on stage, I had to try to remember old, old material. Pre- it's hard sometimes. Oh man, it, it goes. You like? I mean, I think this. You have space in your head for about three hours of stuff. I think, like the current show and a f- couple of other bits. I think, and everything else just gets shunted back. So in Moscow, when I did that gig, how did I end the show? Sharks and bears. They- <laughs> <laughs> That routine was the comment that was the end routine of that show. It's like a rich good night. And I here. think some of those routines stick harder because we did them more. Like we yeah. did them for longer. The you know? club stuff, I think, yeah. really. You, and you did it in every different context. And I miss the rhythm sometimes. Like I miss the cadence of those early bits. You know those bits that you wrote when nobody knew who you were yeah. and you just had to go up and fucking rip it in front of these yeah, strangers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Stuff Sometimes, that had to hit fast. Yeah, stuff that had to yeah. hit fast. No, no, like, hey, it's me, you know. <laughs> no 15-minute no uh, honeymoon yeah, yeah. period. I suppose at this point <laughs> in my life, I'm looking back and around yeah. and maybe uh, maybe some gentle observations yeah, about like life. Sort of referring back to other routines almost in a way. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you're kind of doing routines that require in previous knowledge of stuff you've done yeah, before, this type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. so that is, um, yeah, it's nice to come back and just hit them with something. But, but what I also find is, in a situation like you're in now, where you, you're going back and doing some older bits, sometimes you make them better. You're better now, yeah. you, or something new comes out of it, yeah, and then yeah. you leave in the old bit with the new bit, and it actually becomes like a better bit. I'm actually doing one now at this show that was from 2010. Right, okay. Because I went back to the States, I, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to me, but no, I went no. back to the states. I started doing this routine again because it was just like a generic bit that you could do in a club. Then it fucking became ten times better, so I brought it back. Nobody complains. Nobody, no, no. Uh, to be honest, one guy complained to me uh, after the, the uh, Geneva gig. Set up a Twitter account and said, oh, uh, "It's a pity you haven't got any new, any new material." Uh, and then closed the Twitter account, Twitter account. And I said, "No, no, going. Look, I'm sorry. Genuinely, I'm sorry for that. I didn't realize you'd all seen that." And I, and in my head, I'm still finishing off a tour of that show. But I think in future, you know, because it used to be a thing that once the DVD's out, you stop. But you, yeah. you kind of, that doesn't apply. How can that apply in Zurich uh, the, uh, or Basel or whatever? The, uh, but yeah, I think you have to be very careful about doing that. So this one has been a spread of loads of different stuff. And, and yeah, it's a, it, it sounds like a great hits package. The, uh, but it's a, uh, and I, it, honestly, it's, it's worked very well. No one, yeah, no one's gone. Um, I know everything here. Why are you doing I still all have to do some of my punchlines twice here. I have to do, do the Australian you? version and the Irish version. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't had. I haven't I have been a very lighthearted joke, <clears throat> just about. It, it requires an area. It's not a groundbreaking joke, but I say the Australian area and the Australians laugh. Then I say the Irish area and the Irish laugh. That's. But you can tell the difference. There's a, the there's, Irish just don't get it. That's funny, and then and then, but you have to yeah, different parts of the room laugh at the difference. Yeah. There is a um. There's a gag I had about um. I have a number of jokes weirdly about uh, pole dancers uh, and I'm not a big pole dancer person but the uh, uh, just it's an inherently ridiculous trade on many levels but about and the, a hobby uh, for a lot of people yes well tragically but the uh, I am um, oh yeah the women doing the poles that's really strange uh, but I have a thing about na the names the names chosen that's the thing and uh, and I have a joke about confectionery choosing a confectionery based name if you're a lap dancer is sometimes it's great and sometimes it's it doesn't work like whatever and at home I it's uh, and on the main stage, and on the main stage, candy, candy on the main stage, and on the second stage, wibbly wobbly wonder. Uh, that's the that's the Irish version. The Doesn't work here. British version is and on the second stage, double decker, uh, and the Norwegian version is on the second stage, kviklunch, uh, which is the version of Kit Kat. The Swedish version and on the second stage, mums mums, which are this kind of chocolate dumpling with the thing on top of it that looks like a boob anyway. Uh, so that's that's by far the most powerful one of all mums mums and here it's on the second stage Tim Tams uh, and so everywhere I go I have to go like I mean and it, you have to be that comic that's like hey you know here like, do you have a do you have a yeah and like it's so hacky but it's 
I know, but this joke I just mentioned is a bit hacky, but it kind of sets me up for something else, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, you have to do the, that the, thing. The search is funnier than anything else. I mean, and uh, Quick Lunch was particularly good because I, I said, I got it. I, and then I told them I needed to think Quick Lunch, whatever. And I don't even know what Quick Lunch is, like, whatever. And it turned out Quick Lunch in Norway is, is, is Kit Kat, right? But they said, oh, this is incredible. It's our, it's our incredible sweet. We all love it. And the audience were, yeah, Quick Lunch. Like, and then during the break, somebody put, the, when I came out, loads of people had put Quick Lunches out in the head. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I picked it up and said, it's just a fucking Kit Kat. Not <laughs> special. Like, and then another half hour later in the show, in the middle of another day, I went, oh, wait, Quick Lunch. And they all went, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Oh, it took me ages to get that. Yeah, quick lunch. That's what it is. Like, yeah. Ah, so, well, so, there's the humour in it. Yeah. So it, that uh, that repaid itself many, many times. Because Kit Kat so. would be a fine pole dancer's oh, name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be absolutely fine. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I have a lot of things to ask you, but then we've already been chatting for twenty minutes. Well, that's the way this this, this should go, and that's the way it should always go. Take. Are we reflecting on death at the point? Do you get, by the way, and as you get older, do you not on death itself, right? And you're clearly a very fit man. You'll live to be 112. No, right? I've so, thought about death. Yeah, but I don't I've been mean, around death. But showbiz death. Have you? Does that encroach anywhere? Do you ever go? Well, oh, this could all. Wow, this could all. Fear of my career falling yeah, apart. Yeah, or just. Of course, or, I've or thought just, of that. Or just the. I found a great and and I'm intrigued by it. And when, and I wish somebody would tell me when it. This is just going to stop. The yeah. Uh, and does it? Because uh, I don't think it is. I think it. I think it peters out. And I'm waiting for the bit where. Are, are you expressing your own fears through a question to me? Yeah, I am, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I even have a routine about. I had a routine in, in a previous show that in which I tried to address it about. Um, uh, doing the dancing thing, the whatever the uh, strictly come dancing, and but how I should do. Strictly. Yeah, but I did it. Well, yes, I know. Well, that's so. Before you say that, that's career death. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I, I said I, you I should, you should do it now, uh, and I should have, I should do it now, right? Because it will, because I just seen the film Looper. You ever see Looper? No. Science fiction film where where there's somebody does a time machine thing and then you and you and your future self comes back and you have to assassinate your future self or it's all yeah all anyway, that uh, but uh, I just see it, I'm thinking I have to do uh, strictly come nothing now uh, because it's to stop me doing it in twenty years time oh when when it looks like you're desperate yes yeah <laughs> so if you do it at the peak do it at the actual peak of your career because it's like wow what a great thing to do like yeah. as opposed to Oh look at they wheeled out this time. Uh, who's a yes. tragic co comic version, like the big, really old. Well, I did it. Funnily enough, when I did it, I did have that thought. I was like, "Well, I've just done this show on RT. This is our, you know, I'm, I'm busy as shit, so yeah. nobody's going to be able to turn around and be like, well, he must have been desperate. He must love.' Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I did have that very thought process of, yeah, I don't want people to think like, oh fuck, this guy's desperate to get on the telly. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, no one would do it was presuming that, like, whatever. I, I, I do think, because you have that great thing about your American friends going, yeah, you got to do it, you got to do it, you got to do it. And your Irish friends. You're going to make a fucking idiot of yourself. But that's <laughs> absolutely true. <laughs> it is. That is exactly our response would be to that. They, well, yeah, Jeff Ross did it in America. That was, like, my kind of, like, fuck it. Yeah, he okay, it, he's a cynical bastard. If he did it, then... Yeah, yeah. How did he do? Did he get fired? No, first round. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I assumed he just took the piss, but he told me he took it seriously, but he just got voted off. But he, he loved it. Anyway, that's not the end. No, I'll tell you what I wanted to ask you about, because it's something I'm very curious about for myself. You know all the math, the math stuff you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, like I know you have a degree in theoretical physics and all that, but yeah. just, on, just on math. Yeah. Right, maths. That's okay. Don't worry. I, 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 honestly, I was shit. I find that I find it, it, it increasingly. It's the small mind who who, who go. Oh, oh, how, how can they say it's math if they, they, and they don't know it's maths? I just oh, fine. All right, all right. We've all spotted that now. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, I was terrible at, at maths. Yeah. 
and uh, like 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 painstakingly so. Like right. hated it. Okay. I didn't have to repeat maths in my leaving. I found out two months into my repeat leaving cert year, I found out that my pass that I already hadn't passed maths would count as the requirement for having oh to get the thing. Yeah. And I, I nearly had like a dance in the fucking aisle when I found out that I no longer had to do math. Like for the rest of my life, I was done. Yeah. Uh, and in later years, I kind of regret that. I feel like I must have been taught badly. I can't be that sort of. No, you're a smart guy. You should like, be yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. And then I did the languages stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Never liked languages in school. Turned out to be quite good at languages. Like, do, do you think I was just taught badly? Possibly, yeah. I mean, and I, or also the context in which it's taught. I think people, obviously it's a subject and it's a school subject. People, it's, it's, Irish is a good parallel for this. Irish, I did Irish because as a language, as, as a living language and was around me and, and, and was able therefore to know, oh God, Peg is dull or that poetry is dull, but not that the entire language is therefore dull. The, yeah. Uh, so, because we're still, we're discussing how dull it is in the language because I went to an all Irish school. Right? The, uh, you there then went back and did Irish as as something that you would speak in, you know, and uh, yeah. for those shows, like whatever, and, and, and proved to be, I presume, a much better experience. Well, yeah, it's the way you should always learn a language. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Yeah. But it's, it's, people see it as, as a subject. I think it maths as well because it is, uh, it does a lot of doing things over and over and over and over again and, and, and not seeing the purpose of it and the point of it. You know, it's somehow difficult to, it's somewhat difficult so though somehow to, to kind of just tell people because there's always a move that we can if we just if we just say the right combination of words people will realize how fun it is and I don't think it's necessarily always going to be fun for people I think it's there yeah. are people for whom it is like it is fucking fun. hard it is hard yeah and it, and and by the way it continues being stupidly hard I went to university with how hard it got it gets ludicrously like it's like it's just yeah, uh, and I b emerge. Oh God, got away with that! Like, uh, and not, not. I never do that again. But wow, that is that just gets really. Yeah, but then you brought it back as fucking entertainment. Yeah, yeah, but I. Yeah, it's was weird. that was that was that for you more of an exercise or a genuine thought that you could make? It, no, it, honestly, it took me about fifteen years to rediscover the the passion I had for it as a teenager. The uh, all right, the university betted out of me uh, because it became a method and method and method and method and it wasn't about the really interesting sexy results like like when you do any science broadcasting it is sexy result sexy result sexy result look at this planet that does this and the planet spins or it spins one way but the gas spins one way and the stars spin a different way and what we're not showing it is the incredibly painstaking way that people had to go to find out how there's the red shift in this way the blue shift that way and the different uh, things of it's spectrographic analysis of the, and the, all the stuff that takes to get to the sexy result so when you go to universities study this stuff your head filled with sexy results they're actually training you for a career in discovering this stuff reasonably enough and so a lot of the joy gets bet out of it uh, particularly when you have this other option of running off to the debating societies and yeah I, I actually funnily enough in my quick google sconce i noticed that you had said that sort of like second year in college you sort of uh, yeah, lost your focus yeah hugely uh, and uh, uh, i did a thing in ucd recently uh, they brought me back to have a talk or something like that an alumni thing and i said i uh, when i came to ucd i had a bright academic career behind me uh, and it was very Okay, so I came in there, did f well in first year, and then discovered this uh, essentially this life, and that was it done. So uh, yeah, the uh, but it was a um, when I left the head of the department, I came in to say goodbye to him, and because uh, to confirm to him I won't be doing a master's place, and it was like oh, yeah, I don't think you really needed to drop by. <laughs> Tell me that. <laughs> I think we got that. The, yeah, but uh, he said he said we'll miss you. He said you had a tremendous flair 
in your mathematics, he said. And I Oh, said, he could see something in your mathematics. There we go. And I said, right. And, and I said, oh. And I walked out. And then the door closed behind me and he realized it might not have been meant as a compliment. <laughs> uh, he was like, we were looking for rigor. Uh, but you, you gave us flair. You gave us any idea. What is flair in mathematics? I think I was lashing any idea onto the page. Uh, I was just crazily flinging things around. Come with it. There was a, at one stage, I, there was a series of equations called the Frenet-Serre equations of, I think it's, uh, of, oh God, it's a curvature of, on the surface. Uh, it's not important, Dara, that I tell what, I, what, what exactly <laughs> they are. So if only ones I can look them up anyway. And I, genuinely in the exam, idly thought of answering the question in French. Uh, just, just, just to make it. <laughs> so I thought it would be, it'd be a, 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 a fun thing to That'd do. be showing off, Dara. Yeah, but actually, because no, there's very few words needed. Uh, all you have to, because most of it says that, and you just have to say, therefore, thus, whatever. And I thought I could have bluffed those ones. Voici les équations de Fenisere. <laughs> and I would have done it all through that. And I should have done it. One of the things that I really just should have done that. The, uh, and because the, the That would have showed but, up on a show later on. Yeah. Yeah, I would have shown up on a PowerPoint. But you know, it would have been, quietly, it would have laid a thing that years later, not knowing which way my career was going to go, that years later the department would have gone, well, we had him here. Do you know he answered the question in French? <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Even back in college. He was a genius. You know, it, 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 it's like now I realize that you could have, for those biographies later where they went, already in college, he's, his, his desire to, yeah. to play with the form. The, uh, history, was the History Channel documentary about your life. <laughs> and there's an interview with a dusty maths professor going, oh, we couldn't get him to do the maths, but oh, the time. We all still speak of the time he answered the question in French, but I didn't do it like the uh, so. After the break. Dara does family <laughs> affair. <laughs> oh, that's not, oh my lord! Somebody shouted Echo Island at me in the in the uh, Sydney Opera House. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean it's like like a, a co- absolute career high point of my life. I'm playing the Sydney Opera House. It's sold out for two nights. It's rammed. It's going great, and somebody shouts Echo Island at me, and you're going. And you shout back, "How old are your kids now?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a yeah. fucking long time ago. God. Well, actually, I'm going to come back to. That. I don't want to digress because let me just ask you my second thing about Matt. Yeah, yeah. So. I remember Avi Nihuluan, you know Avi, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so she's kind of like a, a champion for yeah, the she's, cause yeah, yeah, of just yeah. like making Matt's fun. STEM. Uh, yeah, so I was uh, I was listening to her and I was like, fuck, that would be that would be interesting, almost like the Irish language thing to kind of go back and think I was That's, fucking it, shit at Matt's. No, I, I never yeah. went through it, but I had this thought that maybe if I got if I figured out Matt's, I could actually like find a new way of writing jokes. Do you find that there's any mathematics in joke writing? Uh, I, I certainly find um, uh, that this, a lot of routines are structured like arguments, like uh, like a, a, a progression of arguments like you do in a proof, uh, for example. That you'd um, And there's certain logical devices that you use in mathematics that we naturally use, excuse me, what happened there? Uh, we naturally use in uh, writing comedy. Uh, there's one called reductio ad absurdum where you have a you want to prove a basic pr- principle so you presume the opposite and then you follow through presuming the opposite until you reach a point where you know one equals two and you go well therefore listen because of that uh, there therefore the, the presumption was wrong and therefore the thing so I was like every Bill Burr routine it, it, listen, incredibly I, sexist thing yeah let Absolutely. me explain exactly <laughs> so so and so it is we constantly do a thing where we take things to their logical extremes we do it all the time oh i see so I just said this well if that was the if case that was the case then all oh, right yeah and that is the sa- exact same structure uh, as as you do a lot of in an argument in in mathematics but yeah uh, but the only thing is i mean i can do that retrospectively it doesn't help yes. coming up with stuff yeah so you never sit down and go yeah you know 
like whatever some simple mathematical way of looking at a thing no, and saying you know function. x equals y therefore yeah, this yeah, is yeah. funny yeah. It, uh, there is I don't know if, see I don't know if, if comedy works uh, mathematics and, and, and theoretical physics have tend to be reductive strip a system down to its bare bare, bare workings uh, and then to the to the ma- to mathematics of, the, of, of its bare workings where the vectors are and, and all things I don't think that often in comedy reductive works I think you can strip away too many things and yes. the context is, is, is everything and because I always thought like somebody like Dimitri Martin's jokes were somewhat well, they're very precise. They're very pr- precise. Very precise. Yeah. But listen, you, you're like yeah, honestly, I'm not precise on stage. I'm, I'm yeah, really yeah. Which is because I was when I thought of, I thought about this and I thought, but it's funny. Dara does not use what you would consider to be somewhat mathematical. Yeah, techniques. I certainly like. I, I don't go there with a clipboard and, and deliver the perfectly honed lines. Uh, which is today. this is not a criticism. I was just nope. I was more of a curiosity of my own, you know, sense of like if I could get that part of my brain working. Like I always felt like it just never got going. Now maybe well yeah it is and it's an interesting thing to have. Uh, it's an I mean, I don't even know if that scientifically makes sense. Like no, that, no, no. But, but, uh, but I think, I think there's, there's two separate things here. There's, there's maths and there's actual science. And maths is great. I love it. But it's, uh, it, has, it bears no relation all the time to if you meet a working scientist. What they do is a thing that you, when you're doing maths, you, you never do, which is they set up a thing and they measure it 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 50,000 times they, they find things and they measure it over and over again painstakingly and then they find a statistical correlation between what they've measured and what they were looking for all of which has nothing to do with what I did on a blackboard which was uh, here's a, an argument and a puzzle and but the actual stuff of how science works it's, it's, it's pouring over things and looking at evidence after evidence after evidence after evidence after evidence there's none of that in uh, in mathematics that's not the way it's a different it's a different thing entirely so when I did some like stargazing live I arrived in with this line on my CV of I did a degree in science but it was of no value when I met people who actively worked in it would be great if I met other mathematicians or other theoretical people but no, people who actually take photographs of the sky and see how, what dot moves slightly uh, over the course of a year and look oh my god we think that's a very distant comet or whatever that is uh, you actually have to do that over and over and over again and 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 do all the things are people who study cells on plates and then slowly grow them and try them again and again and grow them again that has nothing to do with what I do I had to, I had to actually learn what a science job really involves and it didn't involve the kind of stuff I was doing it's kind of yeah weird. so you're you're sort of all of a sudden you're in the middle of this world that seems to be like exploding like the sexiness of science yeah yeah yeah, yeah which I think is great. Well, see, I, see, I think we've gone, kind of gone on a cycle of it. When, when the, uh, digital media start, all the sexiness of science stuff started and all these people like Ben Goldacre and Brian Cox and all these people suddenly emerged into public life and it was, a, it was a rejection of all the nonsense because we all found each other and we could express all these, and there's a big community of scientists and suddenly Twitter really worked for us and now we've in turn been drowned out by another wave of nonsense and not... Yeah, well, that's what I wanted. That's what yeah. I was leading to. It's really strange because it, it was a thing. But I don't think thing. you've been drowned out. I just think they've yeah. both ri- risen together. Possibly, but I think we had a moment where it was, uh, it was, yay, this is great and we should be all looking at these. This is a good, this is how we should be uh, leading our lives and thinking. we should have more evidence and more argument and all that. And that has, now that's not as dominant a philosophy on social media, it turns out, we thought it worked really well for us. It works really well for fake death news stories. Uh, and Nutribabble. Yeah. Oh, and, anti-vax. And, yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah. 140 characters, it turns out, is very good for, for talking shit as well. Yeah, so so what I was thinking about was, so you're part of the, all this, you know, the, the Brian Cox world, yeah, which yeah. is great because it's just informative and entertaining. And I, I think people get a lot out of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Uh, 
But do you also feel an obligation to take on the other side that's rising up? Uh, or no, do you I, feel like I it's not worth the so. hassle? No, do you know what? I did when it was, uh, I've done the routines about anti-vax and I've done the routines about, um, for a while it was the silly stuff, the psychics and the um, and the astrologers, and we've done that. And, and that great routine done. about a massage that you had years ago. I don't even know if you remember it. I had, you had this I, great routine about the massage. I think it was at the left lot, so it's probably too long ago. But it was all this like, yeah, you're let everything go. And it's like the more she talked, the more unrelaxed. She stood behind me. It was in Clarny. And she, and she had done a very good massage. And then she held my head. Uh, and she held my head. And she just inhaled and exhaled. And inhaled and exhaled. And I wanted to laugh and I this is oh and then I could feel myself tensing as I tried to stop myself laughing I could feel tension returning to my body as I tried to control myself from the fits of giggles I wanted to have and I left as knotted as I'd arrived because the woman had just held my skull going oh there we go and we just we'll move we're just gonna bring the energy and I'm going you were doing great pet when it was just needing muscles you nailed that but this sudden over me and I was trying not to even smile and but then just if you challenged her she would have said well you should have left that's your body trying oh to god we've been having to get rid of face. the energy <laughs> the, uh, but anyway yeah, so you're I saying you were doing what, the anti Really, my favourite massage joke that never really worked was, uh, was I feel sorry for people who genuinely are masseuses because it's the only trade in medicine of all the related med medical fields that has a sexy version of it <laughs> that people can access. Like, no one ever goes uh, to the dentist and the dentist takes off their top and you go, no, no, no. Oh, no, I, I, I just wanted a normal dentist. Uh, oh, this is really embarrassing. <laughs> that like, hmm? Well, I guess a prostate check would be the other one. Uh, I, yeah, ideally, yeah. But no one does it for no one. No one, no one does, yeah, prostate charts. Well, I'll do this topless because that'll make us both, <laughs> both feel better about this. Like, kind of a, they, uh, no one goes, oh no, and I just love the phrase. No, I didn't. I was looking for a sexy dentist. I genuinely have a pain in my teeth. <laughs> they, uh, like, I did walk into a massage place in uh, in Australia when I was here, 15, 16, these mythical 15, 16 years ago. Because uh, I went into somewhere and I twanged my back, which often happens to me, big man. And uh, I twanged my back and I said, oh, I need a, is there somewhere to do it as a massage? Presuming that they would know what I mean. And the young woman said, "Oh, just oh, directly above here, uh, but you have to go around the back." So I walk around the back, and this is Glenelg or somewhere like that, just outside, um, just outside Adelaide. And I went up the steps like a like a the most naive kid in the world went and said, "Oh, I'm looking for a massage. What do you do?" And she said, "Well, ordinary massage is this, and fantasy massage is that." Like, and I'm going. What is fantasy massage like? And it was like, oh, I don't think this is what I thought it was. And I genuinely have a bad back, like. And she's going, oh, okay, well, yeah. The, uh, and I think she was actually slightly hurt, going, well, we do actually also, you know, it is actually also a massage. Like we probably could. It just happens that <laughs> we can fix your back. Yeah, we, we'll do that. We'll get the back done. Turns then, out it was your wallet, your back pocket. Yeah. Oh yes, God. <laughs> Sorry, I have too much of a stupid memory. For this, like, I got a terrible back. Oh, a masseuse in Kilkenny told me it's your wallet. Your no, a chiropractor told me on the 23rd session. Uh, this is one of the reasons. Uh, chiropractic is nonsense. And I did, I did 23 sessions. Keep going back to this guy in, uh, in, in London. And on the 23rd, I said, and I'm getting angry going, this is not, nothing is improving my back, right? And then I picked up and I put my wallet, paid him again. I put the wallet into the pocket and he said, what, where are you putting your wallet? I said, well, it's in my back pocket. He said, and do you sit? Yeah, I said, oh, no, don't do that. And I and and then I from there on in instantly, instantly my back pain went away. And 
and, and so you kind of go right well he nonetheless he did solve it and you did pay him 23 times 23 <laughs> times it took him and he kept doing all the cricking and cracking yeah, and all this it's worth it for the cracks ah stop it's nonsense but anyway yes stop remembering things sorry yes. <laughs> so it's, it's just too much fun you know the stupid thing I always remember because anytime I, I, I like every now and then I go I should take my wallet out of my back pocket because Tara said it helped his back it's just like a stupid thing that sticks in your memory. Yeah, you, but you, it's a way you're sitting on a wedge and like one side was lifted up. Yeah, and lifted up. Wasn't. Like, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, you you, <laughs> you did the routines about like anti-vax and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel I've touched a lot of those. What I might do in this one is I might do just about uh, fake news and you know, all that stuff. Yes. I might do that. With, I, and, this, and, and my death, the announcement of my death could be... Uh, a way to jump off, off on that. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's kind of important though, don't you think? Because yeah. we are at this crazy age where... We've access to more information and more misinformation than we ever did. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and how we filter that—that's probably the most important thing. How we learn and how we teach kids to filter. It. I mean, and I remember saying this year, actually, about five years ago, ten years ago, and it's become more relevant. I said uh, the two subjects that everyone is a bit sort of either scornful they don't choose to do, but would be really important to, uh, to teach kids would be statistics uh, and media, and uh, and they're not something. Statistics, obviously, you can you you know you can tell evidence and you know what's what's a proper claim and not a proper claim. And media, so you know the sources of things and you know what to to tread around uh, topics. At the uh, and I'll illustrate with that five different topics and that's a routine. Bingo, done. Right, so that's that's the heart of the show. Or about why it's become so vicious and why we have where where's just oh that's interesting. You don't you do, I agree. I have a different system of government that I prefer, but it was lovely to meet you. Uh, like how that's simply gone. They, uh, yeah, it is amazing. Like yeah. the discussion has disappeared. Okay, absolutely, it's got only like confrontational debate now. There's no. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Like, you know, the, everything is adversarial. Everything is heightened. Yeah, 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 yeah. And... It's, I mean, they had, it, they had a referendum in England about uh, a different way of voting and uh, alternative voting, and it was just completely... And I, and I was just sitting there, trying in the middle, going, listen, it's just, just... This is all it is. It's like, do you want a system that represents, accurately represents the demographics or strongly gives you a result? And that's that's the debate. That's what... The, that's it's, it's a numbers... It's a mathematics thing. Say that again. That sounds like a, like a, a very nice sentence to put out there what the uh, what that, you just said about well, but, but, but the different system of voting the uh well you the, said that and then you said it's either this and a different it's, yeah, sorry the, it, 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 different like like we are, we use prs tv in ireland and and they use first past the post in england and basically one of those the one we have in ireland 
accurately maps uh, the wishes of the people. You get 30% of the vote, you get 30% of the seats, basically. If you get 45%, you get 40 And it tends to lead to low coalition governments, but it's very representative. Whereas in the English system, first past the post, violently swings from one party to the other and so therefore g- gives a definite result. Right. So either you like the definite result or you like the representative one and you're happy to put up a coalition. That's the debate. None of that was the debate. It was, how dare they do this? Well, how dare you do that? Like, And you're there in the middle going, you could have a genuinely interesting thing and people could go, hmm, oh, let me have a think about that for a second. But none of this, it was just like, oh, how much is it going to cost to do this and this is stealing votes from this and blah, blah, blah. And it was just, oh God. you know. I have a feeling like all debate has gone into sort of like the way people support their premiership teams. Yeah, yeah. No, like, you pick like a side. Like you pick a side and yeah. then you yeah. just have to defend that side all the well, time. Well, look, it is a thing that we don't rationally do a lot of things we do. It on, like when you get into a polling booth and you're staring at that piece of paper, you don't have a, a complex series of levers in your head that adds up, well, I like these for that and then for those. You you go with a gut on it and, and, and the whole point is to try to shift your gut because people kind of do it at some level trust the subconscious part of their brain to have sifted all the information they've seen in the last year of the campaign to find to make a decision on their behalf right to go okay uh, you know okay on a good level I like this the, uh, so we don't rationally do it anyway in many ways but like the strange one is that really result that shows that if you argue against somebody's beliefs they dig in harder uh, people very rarely change their stance in a debate and certainly now they don't at all because in articulating their side of the debate it it it, it strengthens it for them so they so with all these discussions just keep polarizing things yeah and, and but now pe- like there's less and less curation of information yeah, so yeah, people absolutely. can just go yeah. and find what you, they want to find yeah now of course yeah you can live in the world of just your yeah. uh, that agrees with you and I never mean, I mean, it's discussed over. a lot but it's definitely i feel like it's it's adding to the heightened sense of intensity it's weird but, I, but and then the question is of course how much of this is just a, is a, is a twitter thing and is maybe twitter is just all extreme people and if you actually you uh, got everyone to walk out into a into a, uh, into a like a park and say right how many of you are strong in this and how many strong in that way and they all have to walk to one side you'd probably left with the majority of people in the middle going oh right well there actually is more than us we just don't shout about it you can't shout in the middle ground as much like yeah but they're, you're, you're not even getting those fucking choices anymore like even no. brexit i feel like brexit whatever about the the crazy vote it's it, it's not really it's not a democratic decision brexit like in that like when you use a situation like 52 percent of the people can decide this yeah, yeah, this decision small, very forever. Small yeah, then you go, but that would be fine if in four years' time we were going to have another look at it, see how it works yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But this is, it's, it was a weird thing to have a like just that one-off. Yeah, fifty-two percent. That's it. And that's it. Yeah, I know. The, uh, Especially something that could be so affected by like the the flavor of the day. Yeah, uh, listen, and uh, uh, negotiations that they hadn't really t- hadn't taken into account, and what the stance would be of Europe, and all these other things that like, they I would have thought that referendum no should have been. I would have thought that referendum should have been like stay in Europe. Or, re- you know, renegotiate, renegotiate our position yeah. in Europe. I know, I know. Because it's just it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It, no, it was a complete, this could be anything. We don't know what this is we're voting for, but we're all, we're just going to go for it and we're going to, and look, I shifted my position, not in towards Brexit, but in terms of uh, regarding those who voted for 50, 52% away from what I think was a mistake that we were all, we all keep saying, oh, they're all racist and they're all just anti-immigrant and all that. There is a profound issue of desire for sovereignty in the British psyche, right? And they they want, they like being an island nation. It's a very defining thing in the British uh, mentality in a way that seems bewildering to those of us even living there. But those who are not from Britain go, I don't get, I don't get, why would you, why would you, why would you do something self-destructive 
just because it speaks to a profound part of yourself. But like the parallel I would I I gingerly do is guns in America, where we look into America and go, what's with the guns, lads? This is clearly a ridiculous thing. You them these huge numbers of people dying every year, but yet it's a thing that you absolutely this is this is a defining thing of being an American is the, is the right to bear arms, and that is important. There's no possible way that's ever going to be so. So the rest of us going, I don't get that. I don't get why that's such a big thing for you. Similarly, sovereignty, and we're an island nation. Yeah, and identity. It's a huge I mean, part. So of, much of it's it, a huge so much part of it seems to be about identity. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is liberal, and, conservative. Yeah, you know, sort of remain. This is who we Brexit. are. Yeah, yeah, who we. This is the person I am. Then you have to adapt that set of principles. There was a um. Oh God, there was a, there was a story that will have possibly come and gone by the time this thing uh, goes to air. What do you mean in three hours? Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to put it up straight away. I haven't put one up in ages. I'm oh, giving, fine, giving out that, to yeah. me. The, uh, is the Easter egg controversy. Have you seen the Easter egg controversy? I saw something about this, uh, but I, I didn't follow it, but oh, I saw there was it's something. so ridiculous. Uh, the the Cadbury's uh, organized an Easter egg hunt on, the na- on National Trust properties uh, and of these like twee country houses all over England. And you can bring your kids on Easter weekend and there's an Easter egg hunt. It's a really sweet thing. Idea. And somebody in the Telegraph either cropped the flyer or saw one version of, of the flyer which didn't prominently say the word Easter and said, oh, Cadbury's and the National Trust are removing Easter from Easter thing and as if there's an attack on Christian values, right? Uh, and this got to Theresa May, who spoke of it in an interview and said it's absolutely ridiculous that the National Trust and Cadbury's would remove Easter from Easter celebrations. And everyone showed... Everyone looked up the ad and it has the word Easter massively. It's the largest word on the ad. And then there was some poor soul, and I briefly had a conversation with them in the National Trust, which is sweet, fusty, you know, we just look after, we just open buildings up so people can walk around country houses. Like, yeah. and <laughs> so they have something to do on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's, you know, some of you to drive to kill three hours when you're staying with your grandparents or whatever. <laughs> the, uh, and it was a... Uh, uh, this they somebody in their office was was panned replying to all these furious rabid how dare you attack the fundamental values of my Christianity and them going the National Trust website features the word Easter thirteen thousand times. <laughs> and, and like, <laughs> We He's have no way. This. Yeah, that, that exact phrase was. I know their 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 account was just that. We are doing nothing. We have thirteen thousand times, thirteen thousand times, like, and people were just no, no, this is ridiculous, and, go, and like are furious about this thing, and it's just this kind of nonsense. Five hundred million they're spending on getting changing the color of the passport because they they had a passport imposed upon them by Europe. They said, and in fact, somebody pointed out. Europe don't tell you what color the passport has to be. You can just change the color of the passport. The uh, everything, mad. Can do it. everything just gets. Crazy, yeah. but like, and let me point out the Croatians have a black passport. It's the coolest looking passport in the world. Like they, <laughs> they chose for black because they're they're a badass. They, uh, and you have to choose like uh, whatever uh, the purple or whatever that we have as well. So it's a, uh, but they're just they're idiots are in charge now. Absolute idiots are in charge. Yeah, well that identity thing is huge. So let's just on identity, just because I don't want to keep you here forever. How are we no. doing? Look at that, forty nine minutes already. Jesus, just like that. Yeah. When, 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 I remember the time you went to the UK. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you were more driven by ambition or by frustration? It's interesting. There was a um, the uh, there was a comment that was in a, a newspaper article uh, a, a couple of years after I started doing lots of telly in the UK, um, which said he was one of those comedians uh, toiling in the wake of Tommy Tiernan, uh, and I in in the sense that 
you know, I, I was doing okay, but Tommy was obviously the huge star. And it wasn't that I needed to beat Tommy, but Tommy was enormous. And Tommy reflected on how, you know, you, you, can, you can achieve that. And I'm not achieving that. And this really sort of, it's going okay here, like whatever. But like, clearly there's success to be had there, right? Uh, and I, the only way I thought to do is I've got to, I'm going to get out of this and, and shift into this other area. But actually also, I'm quite... I like traveling and I like seeing different parts of the world and all that, like whatever. And I wanted to go there and just for the for the adventure of it, as yeah. much as anything else. So it wasn't specific. And there's no way, by the way, it's like, oh damn you, Tommy, you've driven me from my country. It was actually just that it was it was he was a good contrast to go. Well, listen, clearly, clearly, I, I could be doing better, but the uh, and that's a good sign that's not. And it took for me, it took going to England and achieving its success in England to come back here. You, by the contrast, you worked it up in, in Ireland, like so. The points where we were all yeah, doing I remember you sent it to me one time. Funnily enough, another weird memory on Patrick's Bridge in. Cork. All right. There yeah. was just the thing where I, I mean, you said something along the lines of, and obviously things have changed since, but yeah. you said something along the lines of, like, fuck, you know, I've been doing Don't Feed the Gondolas for years, like, and it didn't turn into this. You did this one fucking show. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like bitter. It was friendly conversation. No, no, no. Yeah, I know, I know. But, you know, and then, you know, years later, you know, you were killing it in the UK. So I often wondered, was it actually the desire for more? So there was a bit of push as well as push. Oh, there was, there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, like, and I think I was, uh, you know, it was the only time that I would say that, uh, is there anything you sacrificed for your career? I ultimately all I ever I sacrificed a couple of years of hanging out in Reynards. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have, you know, met lots of ladies and, and had a fun time in Dublin. And instead, I was working the circuit in England when I was about 28, 29. Uh, and uh, so that was the only time I remember going, Jeez, this is, you know, this hope this worked out now because you know, this is, but uh, yeah, but yet when you look back, you know, when you look back on that time, like Don't Feed the Gondolas, for example, had to have been important for it the was, skills it that was, you developed it did, later yeah, on absolutely it did and there were some things I mean there was a thing I, I, just, I've, I only vaguely remember this recently I had, I had a clipboard thing that I used to do every week on one of the series where I would do write a routine and that I was illust- the gun you had a, th- a little set piece at the end I had a set piece in every show like whatever at the end yeah. and then uh, and then uh, Brendan released a single that I got blamed for about uh, who's in the house Jesus in the house and even for years I was hearing that uh, the, uh, so, <laughs> so I, got, I got the credit for that as well but the but so I was doing and it was good training for a thing but I, but I just I I, I also, they, it's Ireland is small purely in the sense of there aren't that many gigs. Yeah, uh, and you, you'd, you'd very quickly go through the gigs. Um, yeah, but I also feel that there was more freedom for you, like because so you started out on Echo Island even before you're doing comedy, right? You're yeah, doing yeah. Echo Island. Yeah, and I know we joked about the family affair thing, but I remember Brian Boyd fucking ripping into you in Reynards, coincidentally enough, saying like how like that somehow you're like a traitor to the cause oh, that you would sake. do. I, I'm not talking about family affair, whether it's good or bad, is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that you would take this TV gig. Early on in your career, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Oh, I think it was a mistake. I think it was, I think it was a bad thing to do. The, yeah, but, the, but, the, but, the, but no, no. But I think I, I, at the time, possibly not a bad thing to do. Uh, uh, it, it felt like, oh, well, I'll give it a go anyway. But actually, it was useful in the sense that I learned uh, in a you know in a show that's well sort of forgotten. I learned that that's not me. And yeah, I, that's and it, I did yeah. Do, yeah, the, yeah. But yeah. I just remember Brian Boy talking to you as if oh, like, God. well, as, it, you know, and 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 I feel like in a way in Ireland, especially at that time for comedians. This sense of wanting like that type of TV career was, yeah. was you, you, kind of stifled if you had that type of ambition. Nowadays, not so much. But yeah. I felt perhaps in the UK you had more freedom. Well, it, I, I, made, I made a definite point though after, after having done the um, uh, oh, see, I did I did a tour. I remember doing an Irish tour um, around about the time after Family Affair and when I just moved and playing the clubs in England and I came back to do a tour and it was Oh you were in the Ambassador the, the most dreadful well I did an Ambassador gig which is awful and then I did a tour of no no this was pre-Ambassador uh, oh, right. the, the, uh, I did a night in Vicar Street 
and it was in the bar on Vicar Street. Oh, yeah, the, the shelter. The shelter, yeah. And there were 15 people in. And I had done three weeks around Ireland, which that was broadly the numbers I was getting. And, and this was after Don't Feed the Gondolas? It was after, it was... Oh, it was early it was, panel. It was, it was, no, 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 pre, no, pre-panel. It was after Don't Feed the Gondolas, after Family Affair. And it was... And because I'd done, I think because I'd done Family Affair, uh, I had muddied... Um, what people thought they were going to get when they saw me. So oh, it was right. like, it was like... Thought they were going to get a house? The, <laughs> a car. Thought they were going to get a toilet. Oh, uh, no, it's a, a, a Citroen, uh, Citroen Picasso. Uh, that was, the, yeah, that was the, the prize, I remember. The, um, but there was a... It, it was like, it was like Marty Whelan doing it. Okay, yeah, Mar- yeah, Marty yeah. was too big even for that comparison. It was like uh, Marty Marcy. It was like some minor arty celebrity doing a night of his of right. something oh, yeah. in so people didn't get who you people, were people go, what, why would I go to yeah. that people weren't going oh look that's the Edinburgh show he's just done yeah. we must go and see that because he's a I think it was around that time that you were it was, it was in the context of that tour that you said that thing to me at the yeah, time yeah yeah I, exactly because I think I did I did a I did a bad small night in every town in Ireland uh, and, and that is fucking soul destroying oh my god three weeks of it and then I remember getting back and uh, and was being driven around by Carl Spain and Michael Downey both of whom were making more in every gig and they were doing the support because uh, <laughs> you promised they, them the money I was a guarantee for them and then nothing was coming back out of it and then like I did remember doing the stole and, and going in then nobody there did the show to 15 people um, walked around to uh, Keens to John B. Keens bar and this, the, the one of the barmen said oh, hi Dar, how are you and I said what? and I said oh, well I'm what are you doing so I was doing a show he said oh it's a bad night the fashion show's on tonight <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> And like, oh, everything. I, I think I fell in love three times over the course of the three weeks with uh, people who I never saw again uh, for one evening. Poor vulnerable Dara. Yeah, yeah, I was just... <laughs> vulnerable Dara, never more lovable. <laughs> and then ended up, ended up driving back in London and dropping my suitcase at the door and going, thank God I'm home. Oh, and I yeah. remember the thing was, oh, that's weird. That's a weird feeling. Yeah, right? I'm going, but thank God I'm back in London, back out of my home. And I almost, I came sort of, I thought of maybe I should knock this on the head. This is just not working. It has not worked. I had a conversation with Stuart Lee at almost exactly the same time backstage in the comedy store where he's going, I'm, I'm just going to knock it. It hasn't worked. I've tried. Lee also. Yeah. We've, we've, I've done this for 10 years, 15 years, and I'm, I'm getting, whatever, maybe 50 people into a thing, and it's just not worked. And I said, I know the feeling, like, whatever. And, you're, and we had a conversation about how, nah, it's, it's, that's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and, right uh, there. And remind, it's a, and I reminded it's from... him of it, and he's not, he's not happy to hear. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because we've, we've, uh, he's going to be a stroppy person. I know, he's, yeah, he's odd, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, listen, don't give me this, oh, people, the, people, the wrong people are coming to my shows now, and you're going, you were really unhappy that nobody was going to your shows so don't come around and go oh but these people are these are the people I really want to see coming to my shows like spare <laughs> me that shit um, there was a time when you just wanted people any, uh, you fucking, have anyone, any, any people. warm bodies at all you'd have been thrilled with Stuart so don't turn around now and, uh, yeah. and complain but it was a um yeah, but I, I thought that's it. And then I did one tryout at um, um, Melbourne, Melbourne, my Melbourne, what's the other one? Um, Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, Montreal tryout in, and, it, and it, I rocked it, and I got a really good write-up in Chortle, uh, the website, uh, and I got, oh, great. And I went off on holiday. You're going to give Steve Bennett that. that much credit for giving he, you a giving you a confidence boost? Yeah, he, he, well, he saved <laughs> it. He's here somewhere. We should bring him He's out. He's around, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, How uh, Steve Bennett saved my career. Yeah, but it was, there was a... There was a there with was four a, smiley faces on <laughs> <laughs> with four glasses and noses on Jordan. <laughs> That's just what I needed at that time. Oh, those little smiling noses. They're all, that is, those little grouchos. Four grouchos. The little grouchos. That's it. Yeah. Four grouchos on Jordan. 
<laughs> that turned it around for me. That was the most important moment. But yeah, but uh, yeah, and it was it was. Thing. So, so I I definitely had hit a ceiling in Ireland, and I had to go. And like then uh, you know it was only after I got mocked the week that the panel came in, and uh, it was only after things started to move there. Uh, yeah, and then suddenly the Irishman. He's doing well abroad. So he must no, be good. Listen, exactly, entirely that. Literally, I got not I, this festival, Melbourne. There was a commissioning editor who I will not name. Who for two years I said I did two Melbournes and I was ready to come back for the third year. Re- like I was, I was moving up here, doing yeah, the thing, doing here. your thing, building yeah, it up. Brilliant! It's going really, really well. I'm going back for year number three. And a guy in as, as head of Irish entertainment Norty said, "No, no, stay around. We've got a thing for you. We go. We want you to do a thing. Stay around." Never happened. So next year, I'm going back to Melbourne. Same guy said, no, no, don't go to Melbourne because we, we're definitely doing a thing next year. Uh, two years in a row, lost it. Uh, and then the thread was broken and I didn't get back for 16 years. Because oh. uh, RT fucked it, fucked me over in that way. Like, yeah. I hate doing RT fucked me over. I know, yeah. Because RT would be very, in some yeah, ways but, very good Yeah, but me, that, that would be a weak point in theirs. I had the same, a similar experience where um, I pitched this immigration thing. So it was after Join the Hood and I pitched this thing where uh, I wanted to do basically find a comedian from each of the main countries that were coming to Ireland. So like Poland, yeah, Nigeria, yeah. Yeah. Uh, go to that country, get to know the comedian, right? Yeah. Then bring them to Ireland, right? They get to know Ireland. And then we do like a cross cultural gig. Yeah. yeah, that sounds You great. know, so, yeah. so like for the expats and for Irish people in Ireland. So it's like, you guys are like this, we're like this, blah, blah, blah. Just a fun way to get to know the community. Like so, yeah. There's a load to work on there. Yeah. RTE handshake. It's happening. Right, commissioned. Not, oh wow! Not, okay. not like wait, like no contract, but just like we're gonna do this. No answer, no answer, no answer, no answer. Months go by, right? So, in the name of the father, happens by chance. Moradini knew on an RTE goes. There's money for Shacht and the girl. Do you want to do this? I said I don't want to do it like that. I want to do it like this. Long story short, it happens. In the name of the father, gets commissioned. I'm living in Connemara. Right. Right. I go to the Iftas. I was only two weeks into Connemara. I had to go to the Iftas. And uh, I meet the guy that commissioned it. And he goes, yeah, so we're ready to do that thing. I was like, mate, I'm making a TV show for your station. Now. In the meantime, since you fucking ignored me for the last six months. And you didn't even know that I was fucking doing that. Okay, well, that, yeah, that does happen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Uh, my favorite, and again, I don't like, because, you know, I did loads of stuff with Archie at the time. And... Yeah, I have my own. I keep my gripes and generally quite private. Uh, I know, but they're just personal things. stories. But like, yeah, yeah, there is, and there should be. But pros and just, cons. Just goes, like, you pros know, and cons. Like I'm, I'm trashing the place. But there was one amazing thing happened once where I came over here, did the panel, the panels, an Australian show, did it on my first visit here, and oh, then that's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, that, yeah. that came was, out of here. Was, yeah. a, was a guest on the first that year. time, sixteen years ago. Yeah. Little did we know that this would be like the inspiration Love. for half of our chat. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, then went and um, uh, came back the following year, was a, uh, a guest again, and they said, listen, come back, you're here for a month, come back and be a panellist. And I said, I'd love to do that. And I came back and was a panellist, and going, this is lovely, this show, this is great. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm like I, this is how much I was into Melbourne. I had become a regular on, on, on one of the shows here, right? I... There's a building over there that I can see from here called Mantra, which is kind of a service Hotel. apartment. I viewed it in order, thinking I might buy a flat here. I might buy an apartment here. I was loving this city, right? Uh, and then I went back and uh, and then never got didn't get to it again. But uh, but it was uh, 
I brought back the VHS of my appearance on the panel thing, and this is great. And I said, oh, do you know what? This would work in Ireland. This would be very easy. It's perfect around because it's, it's not rounds and points and competitions. It's just the personalities involved, and we can get those. And, and Irish, since he was very similar to the Australian sense of humour, so this would this would work. And I went to this commissioning and I said, I want to do this show called The Panel. And, he, and they said, no, 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 And they said, no. And then six and seven, he goes, what would you want to do? And I said, I want to do a show called The Panel. And he said, well, uh, have you got... Any anything of it, like and I said, yeah, I'll give you the VHS of the appearance I did. You can look at it, and you can see how it works, and then we'll see what you think, right? So I then sat in London with Seamus Casty, who has worked, who would end up making the show with, and we're sitting there waiting for the call, wondering what's going to happen. And eventually, the phone rings from this commissioning editor, and he said, "We all sat down and we watched, we watched the show." And look, I don't think he says at the Irish audience. Are that interested in John Howard or Australian rules football? I. I <laughs> <laughs> you you got to be joking. No, nope, absolutely not joking. The then commissioning <laughs> editor thought that I was going to take this thing and take the words and, I don't know, act them, uh, repeat the topics that I would, I want, I'm not always buying the desk, the idea of the desk and the five people, but I was buying literally verbatim this show and then would walk, I would open the show going, good day. Uh, <laughs> fantastic news. Geelong's done Geelong. well as yeah. well. <laughs> it's a big week for Collingwood. Uh, and, and genuinely we're going, and like, I found difficult, no, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't do the content. It's not that, we, we do, we talk about Irish and they, they just, no, 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 it's, it's very Australian what they're talking about. So, oh my god! I actually, I mean, I believe you, but I would almost not believe you. It's so astonishing. I said astonishing. I named the two people. I won't, but the, uh, who, who said no, no? It's, 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 it was all. About, oh yeah, no, definitely it was all not. About Australian things, and, and I don't think Irish audiences want to hear about Australian things. Amazing. Oh my god! And then actually, weirdly, he left, and then uh, and then another guy came in, and he said, "What do you want to do?" I said, "The panel." I said, "Oh, there you go." <laughs> and it ran for ten years. And like, it ran whatever. for ten years, yeah, man. It was really weird. Yeah, but it, John, it was my, it's, it's my favorite dreadful. Commission. And by the way, there are dreadful commissioning stories in the BBC as well, just in case people think it's a unique thing to RTE. I know, they do get and too much of a hard time. They like even do. in the last week, I had to ring somebody in the BBC and go, by the way, you know I'm, you know I'm on Stargazing and Robot Wars at, in the same week, and now you also want to put the Edge and Me travel show on the Saturday, that these things are on the Sunday, and different departments in the BBC had to go, oh God, are we all putting a Darby hour Oh, out? BBC? Yeah, yeah, and so, <laughs> and so they had to bump it two months because otherwise it literally would have been me on it. Seven o'clock, nine o'clock, eight o'clock, eight o'clock, eight o'clock, seven o'clock, nine o'clock across five days. Isn't that a great complaint now, Darby? Well, you know, listen, <laughs> it is what I believe it's called there's a, hum a, a humble brag. I was just going to uh, say, there's a humble brag. <laughs> I have heard one, Oh, you have to, am I, <laughs> the greatest problem I have, Des, is managing my popularity. Managing the uh, amount of time that I'm on the BBC. It's spending people's and interest. my throwaway shows on Dave. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> my my Dave repeats. <laughs> I, how do I manage my Dave repeats, man? Oh, I just I have a huge graph at home, like a big schedule of how many times can the public bear to see Dara? The uh, I mean, I was going to ask you a bit more about Ireland, but I mean, like I I I don't know because I don't live in the UK. But I still feel like you're more of an Irish hero than you would be like to the British people. It's interesting. I've, there's an innate thing that, I, like, the shows are written obviously in in London. I sit in London, and and the advantage of that is is that it strips away any of the locals. So I'm I'm so I'm so far out of Ireland that I'm not unlikely to go out and go. What what, what did you understand when I said yeah. Guy there a second ago? Whatever the. Uh, and, but it is a particular pleasure to come back into Ireland for the runs in Vicker Street and, and, and pepper with stuff. Flesh them up a bit. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and know that when you say it, you all get this. 
you're all going to get like I mean, they, they, and there's a, there was a particular line that for about 10 minutes there was a thing about Rosanna Davidson and how she'd written her book about gluten gluten, yeah, 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 yeah. gluten right and I had a thing and I, I the heart of it was me going oh sure she was a, she was a right munter till she gave up the gluten I mean she was a, when she won the Miss World oh she was a pig when she won the but she knocked the gluten on the head uh, and now she's looking very well right and I said it's like me writing a book called Eat Yourself Tall you know <laughs> just not <laughs> happening right but it started with, with me just going gluten Oh Jesus! You can't go. The gluten is everywhere. Like, and it just they. It was like everyone was having to be talking about that one thing and for a week. That joke is enormously funny because it was everyone was. And when everyone is talking about something in Ireland, everyone is talking about the one thing. I know, but funnily enough, I had a little Rosanna Davidson joke also, and then. I couldn't find the British nor American nor Australian Rosanna there Davidson. There isn't one yeah. to do that. Yeah. You know, to I couldn't find. There the, is there are things that occur in Ireland that are, don't have a direct parallel. There's the and so it's it, I, just, I keep them as a thing that was just beautiful to do. You yeah. Know, just like, I there's mean, nothing. Yeah. There's something more. The Irish just appreciate it more. But but there is something I I you know the whole you had to be there thing that I have about moments in, in, in a show. But there's also some that I, I probably the jokes I love most of the ones that just had a moment. Uh, and we're really good in that moment. Like, I mean, there's, uh, and really worked. I mean, there's one I'm opening with here about the, the Sydney licensing laws that you're not allowed to go into anywhere after half one in the morning. The pub can carry on serving the people who are inside, but you can't go in because they want to stop people moving around from bars to bars. It's called the, the lockout laws, right? And I was in Sydney last Saturday night. This is how specific this joke was. I said, I was in the joke, and I, and I tried, Jane tried to get into a place at 25 to 2. Uh, and the guy said, no, you can't come in. And, I, and then they're going, come on, I'm sure that's more of an advisory thing than an actual rule, right? And the guy said, no, there's no getting in. You can't come in, right? Well, I wouldn't have left the last place. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you told me that. I presumed it was a thing, right? And then I said, so I, so I left, and then I waited till 2 o'clock when the clocks went back, and then I went back again. Uh, and the clocks, the clocks at 2 o'clock go back to 1 o'clock, yes. so I returned. And this, just this week, that joke is killing it because everyone is really recent it's very very new it's exact and then I arrive back and go yeah I think it's now one o'clock so I'd like to go into the pub please so yeah so uh, and so that joke will work for these five gigs only and I will never get and like every night massive round of applause yeah just a moment it's just a beautiful moment and the thing has, and has gone and that's and they're lovely they, they, those ones that just and then in ten years time I'll sort of vaguely remember and go, oh yeah, that was a nice thing but then they're gone yeah. alright this is my last question go you on give me so much time the British education system is not bad. The British education system excels in excellence, uh, but may not do much in terms of the, is good for the middle ground. As the, I so, yeah. will you teach your own children why Ireland is not part of the United Kingdom because they won't learn it in school. The um, I they're sort of Irishy uh, and sort of I'm not doing the plastic paddy thing with them, but they nonetheless were. Uh, I was the Grand Marshal of the London Parade, and they came along and for a part. Uh, the, my daughter skipped into the front of it like whatever but I tried to, not to do you know you're my yeah. family you're looking at my children like, kind of I know yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah they're aware of it I don't think they're aware of the nuances but, uh, but certainly the boy the, isn't because it's not about Pokemon so he couldn't give a damn about international relations I'll bring them up to speed with it alright but I will no, probably, I just, it's more just like I it's probably joking because joke, it's so but, interesting how it's kind of ignored but I, oh no listen their, their thing is, is Brexit at the moment they've no idea they're, like, they're, more, they're more stressed about Gibraltar out then noticing anything that's going on in Northern Ireland like, they, it's insane they uh, they have no idea what's going on no they'll they 
I don't think I'll, they'll be, uh, you, know, you know, strong fighters for the cause because they're, they're different <laughs> like, a, like we were. Like we are. In like Irish that. America. Yeah. In Irish America, we were obsessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not, not a thing. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see as I get out how... But I, I, I will be there as a corrective, uh, as, as, as an information source. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like, you know, and, you know, there's not a lot of Wolf Tones music in the house. That's what that way as it is. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, because I guess, I guess, like... You're letting them have the freedom to just be whatever they want. Like oh, we, yeah, we were raised very Irish. Like right, we were okay. American, but yeah. like our identity was a thing. But I think that's more but of an American mo- thing. Yeah, there is an element of like in America, you like you're something American. Something yes. Ameri- yeah, and then that's not that, as much of a thing in the UK. It certainly right? isn't. No, and the other thing is that you're both your parents are Irish. Yeah, well, my mother was Irish American actually. Oh, right, okay, born fine, in New okay, York. Okay, might, yeah, so, yeah, but it was um, a strong hold on in our house. Yeah, no, it, 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 very expressly. Uh, and 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 you could say it was class. Like we were, you know, I guess we were like whatever upper working class, maybe lower middle class, whatever. It's not yeah, important. Yeah. But across the class spectrum of the United States, Irish families held on to their Irishness. Yeah, yeah. Like my mother worked for a law firm, Hodgson and Bernstein. They were highly educated lawyers. All of their kids were mega Irish. Yeah, and slightly supportive of the cause <laughs> yes. like, like that was that was it was cross all uh, all socioeconomic backgrounds that the irish held on yeah I don't think it's a thing for you guys no it's not in london it's not because you're too close to it and it's too and uh, and and also my wife is english so there's that there's, there isn't a kind of a, a supporting kind of a, a supporting member right. of the cast yeah it's not like what i you know and there's jenny going why would we what's what's so dramatic special about you know, well touche good point uh and yeah. that was the line i had always in the show the uh uh, about all oh, the Irish education system is the greatest education system in the world and my would go I am a doctor and you are a comedian whose education system exactly <laughs> should we should we be applauding here they uh but it's a um, but what intrigues me about the Irish thing is is uh, what because obviously it's for a whole other reasons there we do, there isn't that drive in in Britain to be to be to, the Irish community doesn't cling to each to itself uh, as yes. closely and nor does the Italian community nor does they and and obviously it gets very modern versions of Irish people very modern versions of Italian people or French people I mean it's not it, this Ita- like when Italian funny when you see Italian Americans go to Italy and. There's no relation between the Italian American experience and modern Italy. There's zero, and they're like, "What?" Like, and I presume the same happens. We put on more of a show. I think the Irish put on more of a show for Irish Americans than Italians bother for Italian Americans. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, and so it's, but it is the thing. I thought this was the, and I know it's always been the case, but this particular Trump visit at Paddy's Day was a point where we have just got to give up on America. And what they think we are, and let them, yes. yeah, and stop, stop trying to even bother, bother trying to correct them about this because they're we're gone, we've lost America now. Uh, it's you know the fact, like uh, those, like the shoddy pint of Guinness, uh, Paul Ryan holding up, and the uh, the I know, green, there's an the alarming amount tonnies. of Irish Americans around Trump actually. There is astonishing. I mean, like it's depressing. Flynn's and Conways and Ryan's yeah, and these and things, and dreadful individuals. But um, and then the and that's speech. her married name, but her maiden Conway's maiden name is all, she's she's Irish American. Oh right, okay. She was yeah. something. What was she before? I, I can't remember. But do you I know what? I read a Jesus. profile piece on her thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the um, there was a, uh, you know, the bit where where Ryan stood up and said, "Oh, he, my, uh, you know, our president he used to go and play uh, golf, and now he owns golf clubs, which pretty much makes you royalty in Ireland." Um, and I could see you going, ah, like going. No, no, you know, fucking winning in all Ireland does. You <laughs> yeah, fucking the things, the things that actually do. But no, I can't name, I can't name anyone who owns a golf club. Yeah, no, I can't name even, even like the fucking people. McManus, JP McManus. Yeah, but that's not, like, the horse racing. What makes you royalty there. in Ireland is paying your taxes in Malta. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what fucking makes you. 
but and then and then they ran the compilation of photographs of of the successful video, the video of that like with a bagpipe music playing amazing oh grace over it like and you're going oh it, it, you Who died? scotland we're like this is i know it's terrible and so i oh, i think we've just lost them and and part of it is that is that dipped in aspect thing of like your you it's your fault essentially and your yeah, parents fault. i mean i've, I've taken responsibility for yeah. everything <laughs> but you you it, the, the irish that it became very very solid and very specific version of irishness that has drifted so almost i think like unbridgeably far from yeah it's almost an irish american export actually yeah and i think there's a different national which irish americanism has no relation to it like whatever and i unfortunately made the point i trying to say this to the one time I met Conan O'Brien when he was over. Do we have that thing with Conan O'Brien? I was invited out? and I couldn't go. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the thing in the, in the, in the um, em- ambassador's house yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And it was a it was a delightful thing. But I was talking about this like whatever, and he was looking at me going, I, I don't get what you're talking about like whatever. I say they don't see that at all, but they feel they're reaching out to something, and I had to rein it back in and go. But it's delightful that you're here and all the thing because I didn't want to make some big point about lads. You have no idea. You've this weird image of the place, like the uh, and he was the wrong person to say it to, and I and I and I've never been on Conan as a result. I, I, exactly. <laughs> but I actually was. Be, I thought I felt only I'm being rude here, and I got I got to bring this back. Yeah, in. They, yeah, they, yeah. they don't know that. Like they, yeah, he doesn't, this, and he doesn't need to know either. Of course not. Uh, and so like whatever. It's it's actually was, I was being a bad host at that point. The uh, and in a kind of a. It's like telling yeah. an essential oil specialist though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's all bullshit. It's all on, yeah. <laughs> we, we, you know that, don't you? you know this you is know not bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like if it's essential, then why is it not already in there? Okay, I'm, I seem to be surviving, so therefore not that essential. <laughs> the word essential is a bit strong. <laughs> yeah, you're really you're leaning too heavily on essential. There, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, but it's 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 weird the Irish thing, and and it's it's strange here because I think it's again it's a young Irish people coming to the show. So we did a show here. Sorry, I'll tell you, lead this story. No, uh, you're good. Hey, you can keep talking. I'm feeling bad for you because it's it's nearly half one. Oh my lord. Okay. Okay, grand. Um, I have a whole day stretching ahead of me. The uh, um, we did first when we did this trip back. There was also add-on gigs they did in Sydney, but it wasn't in Sydney itself. It's a place called Parramatta, which is like sure uh, outside the city. Yeah, yeah, outside the city. Like, and so there's a theatre there, and and you take a boat to it, which is lovely, and we take the boat down to it, and we get there in the evening, and we do best of Irish, one of these things, and it had been marketed to the wrong people in Sydney. It was marketed to the lads who've been here for 50 years. And there was Irish dancers. They asked, can we put some, Ar- we, we have an Irish dancing troupe, can they come on and do Irish dancing? And so, uh, okay. And so the show started with whoever's hosting it, Brendan Dempsey going, oh, but first the uh, girls of the St. Bridget's Irish dancing troupe, and they all came out and they did like very traditional, not even yeah. river dance, but a real traditional thing. Yeah. And the audience all applauded. And then, and then the Irish dancers went off. And then four of us went out and did club sets. And it was, you know, it was the, wrong crowd because we were going hey they wanted Hal Roach jokes yeah and we were going you know when you're riding someone on the back whatever and and a number of them came around to the stage afterwards to give out to us and say we're a disgrace to Ireland and this is not what they were wanting and we're going well we're not in we're not from the Ireland you knew so it's a different thing like you had to leave by the way yeah (laughs) yeah so don't go on about it right not that that, that, yeah that sounds that sounds inconsiderate I don't think the people who are those who are listening to this podcast I don't think they're yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. They listen to Hal Roach. It's Hal Roach do a podcast. They, uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's an alternative like version of this where you know no vegan. But, but there is still if I, I could, there is still a weird thing where the 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 young Irish do stick together here. Too, yeah, yeah, though. yeah. They do. They do. But they they do in the modern way. Yeah, they do. And, and they then, think and Australians they have no gone. sense of humor. Do they? They always say that to me. God. And I joke true. about it at the shows, and they all laugh because they all say it. That's. It's yeah. a real universal thing amongst them. They all think the Aussies have no sense of humor. God, I find that we the exact same sense of humor as the Irish. I thought, yeah. yeah, I know, but no, that, that's a real thing. Like it's been said to me like innumerable times. Like I couldn't count the amount of times people come up and say they have no sense of humor. 
Really? We are very full of ourselves. Oh, sure, we're unique. Uh, like, so much so that I have a joke about it. Yeah, yeah. Where I just say, they do have a sense of humor, just not an Irish sense of humor. Is when you meet someone for the first time and you call them a cunt, they get offended. Right? Yeah. It's just a quick joke, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But the fact that I have a joke is because it kept being said kept to me. It kept being said to you. Yeah. That's fine. But it is a thing that I found, you know, I think the most, the most self pathologizing thing about, uh, about, about us, the Irish, is that we like to self pathologize. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. and I, and I found myself on stage doing me speech going, uh, Oh, should we love music? And you go, Cavemen love music, <laughs> they like, bang rocks together. Like, Oh, we love to laugh. Who doesn't? Everyone laughs. Everyone, but the Irish laughs. are great crack, though. Oh, we are the most crack at all. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a thing, but look at that, ahead. man. An hour and 17 minutes. Listen, no one will have got I to this. I feel point. guilty. No one will have got to this. They get point. to the end. But you know what? I hate the Irish. Hate them, they're dragging me down. There's yeah. the headline in the song. Yeah. <laughs> right at the very end. Yeah, we should plunge out of just some going. Let me let me be honest with you, Des. You'll hear me. I'll put down the mic and I'll walk over to the side of the room. Des, I'm just happy to get that off my chest. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Finally. I've said it. I've said you it. Know? You know, like whatever. I yeah, said so. it. The fucking language it was all a, it was all a calm. <laughs> it was all a fucking calm. It's I, I was British all along. I was British all along. I was happy to get back to London. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you were. I got, I got planted. Yeah. I got planted in Ireland. Comebacks. Put me back in. Like, <laughs> I found myself on Echo Island going, this has gone too deep. It's gone. <laughs> I'm in too deep. I'm in too deep. I'm on Echo <laughs> I'm fucking, I was signalling furiously with my, my eyes. Handler, my handler. My handler felt like he'd lost me. <laughs> Eventually, I'd be working for a semi-state party. <laughs> <laughs> I got, listen, lads, I got a permanent pensionable here. I'm not, I'm not risking this. <laughs> Next stop, the Today Show. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like Donnie, <laughs> Donnie Brasco. I got Irish Donnie hey man, Brasco. Those were the good old days when people watched RT2. Was it RT1 or RT2? God, oh, two. Two. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was probably called Network 2 or N2 or. Yeah, whatever yeah, it was at the time. Or, yeah. yeah, God. Anyway, Dara, thanks a million, man. Pleasure. Thank you for your time. So, thanks very much to Dara for being so gracious with his time. Long chat we had. And, uh,. This won't really be out in any time to help, but I guess if anyone's in Perth, you can go see Dara's show. I think it's in the next couple of days, but he doesn't need help, really. And uh, But you can tweet him. He's always active on Twitter. And uh, so, yes, that is it for this week's podcast, which is really this month's podcast, the Mother Mart's podcast. And uh, anybody who has any questions, I'm on Twitter at desbishopfacebook.com forward slash desbishop. Snapchat Des Buffer, which is my preferred method of communication nowadays. Or you can Instagram uh, Des Bishop. And um, I'm going to have Ursula Carlson next, who a lot of you back in Ireland would not have heard of. Great South African comic who actually plies her trade in New Zealand. But she's really blown up here in Australia, this festival. And she's always been one of my favorites. Incredibly funny woman, both on and off the stage. One of those people that you meet and you're immediately in a good mood because she's just great company so stay tuned for that foul mouth on her too probably one of our dirtier podcasts and I'll be happy with that and um, David O'Darty is going to do one finally finally be able to nail that down so that'll be in the next week and uh, stay tuned we'll definitely have some chats with some people you've never heard of but we'll have some fun maybe I'll get Lisa Traeger back too she's over here she was one of my first she was actually my first interview but I put it up second anyway I'm blabbering so do, uh, if you've never listened to the podcast and uh, it's your first time, do leave an old comment in the iTunes. Give us a nice review. Stitcher, too, obviously. I, I, I used Stitcher to listen to the S-Town podcast, and I, I, I enjoyed that. So anyway, guys, I love you all. Hope you enjoyed that. 
and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Good night. Oh, by the way, I'm at the, I, here I am promoting everybody else. I'm at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Come see my show every night at 7.15 at the Greek Center, except for Sunday, which is 6.15, and Monday, which is a night off. And then I'm in Sydney, uh, uh, and, then, uh, and then I'm in Perth. So go check that out. How about that? See you later. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.